Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, if you would, open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy and, and just put a, a marker there. And then also uh, open up to 1 Corinthians and put a marker there as well. So 1 Timothy, marker, and then 1 uh, Corinthians and put a marker there as well. Well, I don't know if you figured it out, but uh, we are starting a new series this week. Have you guys figured that out yet? Say, oh yeah, I figured that out. Yeah. Um, New series, and the new series is called, I Love This Place. And really what this series is about is um, acknowledging that when we change the way that we look at things, things will change. And so over the next five weeks, I'm going to bring a different topic about, I love that area, but I want to teach it from what I believe is a very biblical viewpoint And I also believe that if we'll change the way that we look at that, it will change. And so this week I'm going to be talking about my church, next week my community, then by serving, then by giving, and then I'll finish up with by sharing. But let's start uh, at the beginning, and that's this week. And let's change the way that we look at my church. Because I believe if we change the way that we look at my church, we'll find out that our church changes. And so, um, here's the first thing we need to understand, and that is that uh, the foundation of our church is Jesus Christ. You know, you may be wondering, uh, why do we have so many different churches in Centralia? And I would tell you is that not all are putting Jesus Christ first, but I can, here at Temple, that is our ultimate desire, is that we make Jesus the foundation. Um, In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, it tells us this. Actually, I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. And here's the verse, verse 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is, say it with me, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the foundation. Jesus Christ is the why behind everything and anything that we do here. Why do we hold a service on Sunday morning? Because of Jesus Christ. Why do we sing for the last 25 minutes? Because of Jesus Christ. Why are we um, starting a kid's quest where we can present the gospel to children? It's because of Jesus Christ. So everything that we do starts and ends with our foundation of Jesus Christ. But what you're going to find out is not all religious people make Jesus the foundation. Do you, do you realize that? It's true. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that same trap. Uh, let me read to you Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9, because Jesus addressed this head on. And he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You know, Jesus has encountered some religious uh, men in his time uh, called Pharisees and Sadducees. And what happened was these were men who studied the law, who studied what we would call the Bible at that time for them. And so while they're studying this, what they changed over the years. And instead of teaching what was the doctrines that God had ordained through the scripture, they changed it and they started teaching men's doctrines. In this case, it was preferences. They started teaching things the way they liked them and not according to the law, not according to the way that it was written, not according to the way that our foundation, Jesus Christ, who, who was way beyond before when he was born of a, a virgin named Mary. And we have to be careful as a church that we don't remove Jesus as the foundation because when we do that, what happens is we start teaching our preferences as doctrine. This is a very easy and slippery slope for us to get into. And, and so what I would tell us is that let's focus on the proper perspective and what it means to have Jesus as the foundation. I mean, here's what I believe that it looks like. First is that Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the cornerstone. If we're going to have a sound building, we need to have that proper foundation. And in Jesus Christ, we know that we have that proper foundation. Not only is Christ the head of the church, but we believe here at Temple that Christ's word is the directive of the church. You know, we believe that this Bible is holy, it is inspired, that there are no mistakes in it. We believe that the the Holy Spirit uh, moved upon men to write the words that are in here. Men who had um, spent many years with Jesus, who heard the message, and then and relayed that message to us through the scripture. I think that's a good thing. You know, Psalm 119, I don't know if you're familiar with Psalm 119. Most people realize that it's the longest chapter in the Bible. 150 verses. But here's what's interesting. Psalm 119. Every verse in Psalm 119 refers to God's word through scripture. It uses a different name. But you should read through it and then underline everywhere that it has God's word mentioned in there. Don't do that right now. You can do that after the service. But here's what I'll tell you. I'll just give you a little preview of what Psalm 119 says about the word of God. It says it is the way to happiness, verses 1 and 2. In verse 6, it says that it's the way to avoid shame. In verse 9, it tells us that it's the way of safety. It's the way of good counsel in verse 24. It tells us that God's word gives us strength in verses 28 and hope in verse 43. Psalm 119 tells us that the word of God provides us wisdom in verses 98, 99, and 100, and then again in 130. It shows us that the path is straight and which path to take in verse 105. You see, we believe that God's word is unfailingly perfect, every bit of it. And as Christ follows, we believe that the word of God can be trusted, that it is true. That it gives us the commands to what is right, and that it provides us with what is good. And so here's what I can promise you here at Temple, that we will do things differently. You probably figured that out. I mean, from uh, we take up the offering at a different time just about every service. Uh, we have been in a, a season of change, and folks, it hasn't stopped yet. 
But here's my promise to you as your pastor. We will never, ever compromise the Word of God. Because we believe the Word of God. You know, times change. But the Word of God doesn't. It is something that stays with us no matter what happens in culture. The Word of God doesn't. Uh, Right now in our country, we see a massive change going on on the topic of abortion. You know, we as a church have been told to be quiet about this for many years. It's a woman's right. We've been told to be quiet about it because we don't know when life begins. But folks, when we hear them talk about killing a baby after it's been delivered, infanticide, we cannot be sit, sit by and be quiet. You know, um, I always wondered growing up, how in the world could what happened in Germany happen? How could people take other people and put them into a gas chamber knowing what was about to happen to them? Folks, we're watching that happen right now in America. And the question is, are we going to stand by while this happens or are we going to do something about it? Being a church that is based on the foundation of Jesus Christ, we are compelled to do something about it. Well, not only is Christ's word the directive of the church, but Christ's way is the method of the church. I've been quizzing you. Uh, What is our, our vision here at Temple? It is to love God, love people, and make disciples. That's, God, that's Christ's way. He told his disciples, here are the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love people. And then he gave them one command, and that was to go and make disciples. You see, Jesus' way is very simple. Love God, love people, make disciples. But folks, it's far from easy. As much as we want, I mean, why is it hard to love God? Not because of who God is, not because of what God has done for us or or continues to do in us. It's hard because we're humans. It's hard because we're fallen. It's hard because we're sinners. It's hard to love God because sometimes we don't believe that he could forgive us of what he's forgiven us for. It's hard because we don't let God work in our life. It's hard because we have this thing called pride. And if you study the Bible, you'll know that pride destroyed the very highest of the angels. Not only is it hard to love God, but it's ten times harder to love people. You know, if if you spend enough time around pastors, they'll tell you the best part of ministry is the people. And then when you ask them, well, what's the worst part? Guess what it is? It's the people. Amen. God bless. Woo! But you know what? It's hard for us to love people. It's hard for us to love our brothers and sisters, same blood. It's hard for us to love our brothers and sisters that sit on the same pew. It's hard for us to love people. But it's simple. It's not impossible. And this is our, when when we talk about what is our directive as a church, what is Christ's way for us? Christ's way is very simple to us, to love God, love people, and make disciples. Matter of fact, if uh, as you are walking out, you'll notice on the back table there, there is uh, uh, some t-shirts, and on, on the front of one of them says, love God, love people. 
I'd encourage you to, to, to buy one of those and wear that. And on the back, it says tbcc.family. I'd love for you to advertise. What are we about here at uh, Temple Baptist Church? Loving God and loving people. When somebody asks you, well, why, why do you have that church? Well, you can turn around and show them because this is our mission. We want to love God and love people. And you can tell them, you know what? It ain't easy, but it's simple. This is all we got to do. Why? When Jesus Christ is our foundation, it's very simple to be able to love God and love people. And the last thing is that not only is it Christ's way, but Christ's uh, will is the heart of the church. If, if, if we knew what Christ's will was, would we follow it? I believe we would. So let me share it with you in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says this. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving made for all people. We, this should be a house of prayer, and we should be a praying people. Amen? And then in verse 2, for kings and for all who are in high positions, even if you didn't vote for them, pray for them. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. In verse 3, this is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, verse 4, who desires that all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You want to know what the will of Christ is? Is that all would be saved. The will of Christ is that everyone in this room, if you have not asked Jesus Christ to cover your sins, to do that. It's the will of Christ that everyone that drives by on this highway and on this road here, that they um, ask Jesus to be their Savior and that they allow his payment for their sin. That's the will of Jesus Christ. That's why we love. You know, it's interesting when you talk to people and they, they ask, or you ask them, what, you know, what's holding you back from getting involved in the church? If you ask them, they'll tell you, I'm not ready to change. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough yet. And so they want to get the sanctification first. And it doesn't work that way, folks. Matter of fact, I would tell you this. I would rather that they come down, they get saved, and they never, ever step foot in this door again. Because the will of Christ is that all are saved. It's not, and, and folks, don't take this the wrong way because I'm not giving you an excuse next Sunday. The will of God is not that you have to be in church every Sunday morning. We do that because we love God. See, it's simple. But sometimes it's not easy when there's snow out. It's not easy when our parking lot's ice. It's not easy when life happens. Does life happen on Sunday to you just like it does me? Woo, I tell you what life happens. Oh, my goodness. An older gentleman woke up one morning, and, and he rolled over to his wife, and he said, I'm not going to church today, honey. She goes, well, that's not a very good attitude. He said, I ain't doing it. He goes, give me one good reason why I should go to church. And she goes, I'll give you a reason. You're the pastor. Now get up. <laughs> Christ's will of the church is that all to be saved. Folks, we put a bunch of different things into Christ's will, and all it is is that he wants us to be saved. See, if we'll get saved, God can do the work on our hearts. He can take care of whether or not you come to church. He can, can take care of whether or not you serve. He can take care of whether or not you give. He can take care of whether or not you're going to share. But if you don't get saved, you'll struggle with every one of those things. Matter of fact, I would tell you, if you are struggling with those things, 
you may want to think about, take inventory on your life. Was there a day when you reached out and you asked Jesus Christ to pay the penalty that you can't pay? You don't want to pay, that's for sure. If you would, let me read Colossians 1, 9, and 10. It says this, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Man, I'm hearing this word pray a lot. Why? Because we should be a people that pray. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of what? His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And the next verse, verse 10, tells us why. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. How many today would, would like to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? All right, both of us. I know it was more than two. Bearing fruit in every good work. And see, here, here it goes again. Here's where we quit making Jesus the foundation and we define what good work is. And we start teaching for doctrine to the traditions of men. Folks, I'll do my best not to tell you what those good works are because for every one of us, it's different. You are gifted in a special way by God to perform a special mission to accomplish a special job. That's what your good work looks like. And it's when you know the will of God. And what is Christ's will? That all should be... Folks, if all we will worry about is that, we won't complain about what we just did to the foyer. We won't complain if we don't have enough chairs and tables. We won't complain if something is different. If we will just get worried about one thing, and that is Christ's will, that all should be saved. Well, I've been telling you a little bit about the church, and we know what the foundation is. And we know what we have made part of that foundation. But let me tell you what the church is not before I go any further. The church is not a building. I, I love the facility that we have here at Temple Baptist Church. God has blessed us overflowing with generosity in this building. But folks, uh, this building is not the church. I shared with you a couple weeks ago that I had the chance to go back to Maryland to the very church that I was raised in, to the, the church where I, I, I got a room. Matter of fact, if you'll come up, I'll show you a picture of the room where I asked Jesus to pay for my sins. It's not a church today. It's a, it's a, a building that's being used to help um, adults with special needs. See, the church is not a building. It doesn't matter what, 20 years from now, maybe you come back here and you go and take a picture of the room where you gave your life to Christ. Maybe it's a picture of this altar. But whether or not the, the, the name says Temple Baptist Church, see, it's, this building is not the church. It's not a person. You know, the, there's one scripture that we talk about how that... Uh, uh, Jesus says, upon this foundation I'll build my church. He was talking to Peter. But he wasn't referring to that Peter would be the foundation because Jesus Christ is the foundation. You know, it's not a denomination. Folks, we get so wrapped around the axle of the name that we put on our, our uh, buildings, on the name that we put on our, our signs. But here's what I'm telling you. If Jesus Christ is the foundation... We need not worry about anything else. That's what's important. That's what we need to be thinking about. So the church is a, here's what the church is. The church is a body of believers. 
The church is a body of believers united in Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And if we are the body of Christ, we are to be doing His will. What is His will? That all should be saved. Ephesians 1.23 says this, And the church is His body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. The church is His body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere. You see, when we change the way that we look at this church, and when you stop looking at it as this building, when you stop looking at it as the pastor or someone else that's here at this church, when you stop looking at it as we're a Southern Baptist church, and you start looking at it, it is the foundation of Jesus Christ. That it is the way that we will help Christ's will to be manifest. When we start changing the way that we look at things, things will change. You see, we don't go to church... We are the church. It is the people that are sitting here, the believers who have called upon and have accepted the grace and mercy that Jesus Christ had worked on the cross and ascension three days later gives us. Remember I told you that there's a mission that we're on. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Folks, that's our job is to be making disciples. So if we are the church, we need to start being the church. We, we need to stop looking at this building as our church. We need to stop looking at the times that we meet as being our church. And we realize that we are the church. You know, um, Jesus, uh, when he was, or God, when he was talking to Moses, he told them, tell them I am. I am statement is powerful. Has anybody ever made a resolution at the beginning of the year? Come on, don't, we're in church. Don't lie now. Okay, put your hands down. Most of us, when we make our resolutions, when we set goals, we say, I want to be healthy. I want to lose weight. I want to, we put what we want to become. But, but if you do any kind of studying on goal setting, they'll tell you change that to what, and, and you just say it like it's already there. Like, for example, a few years ago, I decided to, to do a triathlon. And so I completed a triathlon, and now I tell people I am a triathlete. Now, I know I don't look like one, but trust me, I've got the medal to show you that I did it. I almost drowned in a lake not too far from here trying to swim. And I wanted to quit just about every other minute of the run, but I didn't. And today I can tell you I am a triathlete. You know, well, our mission is to, to be able to say that I am a, you fill in the blank, a Christian. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 tells us this. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Remember I said this. Each of us has a specific calling. Each of us has a specific need as part of the ministry that we are to fulfill. And if we don't do it, there's a hole. Something's not going to get done. 
And then God has to bring in somebody else, raise somebody else. So what should we be doing as Christians? Well, number one, we should be contributing. We need to stop being consumers. And folks, I appreciate the consumers in our church that come and, and they, they enjoy the worship that we have beforehand. They enjoy the, the message. They enjoy all of the services that we offer. But if we are to be the church, we need to be contributing to the church. Why? Because each of us individually is a member and each of us has a job to do. And if we don't do that, something is not going to get done. This past uh, Wednesday, we learned, or I'm sorry, to, uh, Two Wednesdays ago, uh, we learned that many hands make light work. And the reality is this, that our church, the work and the burden on it would be much lighter if many of us were involved. Instead of the normal, and this is not just the normal here, but this is a normal at all church where 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Even though all 100% make up the body of Jesus Christ. And so what we should change that, uh, be contributing and say, don't say I want to contribute. What you need to say is I am contributing to this church. Not only should we be contributing, but we should be committed. We should change that statement to say I am committed. You know, the, the wonderful thing about the church is there is nothing. I mean, you know, we don't call you up, harass you if you don't come here. We don't, uh, I mean, th- none of that goes on. We want to encourage you and we want to bring you in. But you know what? Um, as the body of Christ, without that, we should say that I am committed to this church. I am committed to what it stands for. We should be in community. You know, we know that God designed us as human beings to be a part of other human beings' lives. He started off with the first man, and he said, it's not good that this man be alone. And I'm telling you, he wasn't just talking about marriage. He was talking about friendship, relationships. And there's no better place to develop friendships and develop new relationships than in the church. We should change that to I am part of this community. And then we should be focused outward. You know, uh, Bob Burton brought a very succinct message in just a couple of words. And, it, and our, our mission is outside these doors. The harvest is driving up and down the road. Our church is growing. It will continue to grow. And the way that it grows is through those outside of this building. But if we just focus about us in here, we will leave so many off to the side. We won't be able to meet their needs. We won't be able to pull them into this community. We won't be able to, to honor and, and to, to be the hands and feet of Christ to them. And so you may have noticed um, that I put this hashtag 165 on a a, matter of fact if you sit still long enough i might stamp you with hashtag 165 and here's what it means um there are 168 hours in every week the average person who goes here to temple baptist church probably spends about three hours here the time on sunday morning and some of you come on wednesday evening if you added all that time up it's three hours if we averaged it so what do we do with the other 165 hours of the week Well, that's where we are to be the church. 
You know, it's easy to be the church when we're sitting in the pews. It's easy to be the church when things are going on here. But that's not what, remember, this isn't the church. It's not this building. It's not the 1045 service. The church is those of us who are here. And so Jesus said that where two or three are gathered, there am I. So what are we doing? How have you been being the church during the week? How have you been using your 165 to be the church? When, the, when we change the way we look at things, things will change. When you change the way you look at how you're being the church, I think you'll find out that you'll change. If you still got your uh, marker, well, here, I didn't tell you to mark this. Acts 2, I'm going to read a couple verses. Verses 42 through 47. Verse 42 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and of prayers. Verse 43, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Folks, if you, if you uh, deep dive on this, you're going to find out that there was two things that stood out in this, these words. Number one is that the, the early church shared unity. When I sat down with the deacons and I sat down with the pulpit committee when, when they were looking at uh, calling me as your pastor, the first thing that I led with, and I've said this a thousand times since then, is that our church needs to be one of unity. Without unity, we won't grow. Without unity, we won't be healthy. Without unity, we'll suffer. Here's what the Bible tells us in a couple of times. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says this, that we should be perfectly united in mind and thought. He's talking about the church. Ephesians 4.11 says, So that the body of Christ, who's the body of Christ? We are. The church. Let me ask that again, and you say, I am. Who's the body of Christ? That's right. It's built up until we reach all unity in faith. Colossians 3.14 says, Put on love, which binds in perfect unity. What are we doing here as a church? We are loving God, loving people, making disciples. If we will love God, love people, make disciples, we will be, we will be bound in perfect and complete unity. Psalm 133, 1, probably the most precious verse says, how sweet it is to dwell in unity. Ephesians 4, 3 says that we should be eager to maintain unity. And Romans 12, 16 says that we should live in unity and not be haughty. We shouldn't look at somebody sitting beside us as that we're better than them. Why? Because they are part of the body of Christ. Not only did they share unity, but they shared community. Turn over another two chapters to 4, verse 34. It's beautiful. There was not a needy person among them. Now, here's what's interesting. When he's talking about the church at this point, they were being persecuted. These were Jewish believers who were being kicked out of their homes, were being forced to leave. 
And that's why they sold their possessions and came together so that there was not need on any. And when a church shares unity and when a church shares community, there's only one result that happens and it grows. And what happened to the early church? It it grew. It grew exponentially. It grew in a crazy way. You see, if we'll start looking at the church differently, things will change. You know, have you ever, uh, matter of fact, John R. Rice, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier, he, he made this statement. He had six daughters, and uh, he said, you don't fall into love, you jump. You see, we like to think that we tripped and fell into love, and, and we had no control over that. No, we jumped both feet like a little kid in a mud puddle, and it got all over everything. But then I also heard that love is blind, but that marriage is an eye-opener. Let me ask you this. Did you ever have a a high school sweetheart that you fell in love with? It it doesn't have to be the person sitting beside you. And, And did you ever break up with that person? Did you notice that one day you fell in love and everything about that person was perfect? Their nose was perfect. Their glasses were perfect. Their ears were perfect. Their smile was perfect. Their teeth were perfect. Everything about them was perfect. And then when you broke up, what happened? Their nose wasn't so perfect, was it? It was kind of big. Their ears, you're like, oh, she had man ears. You were no longer reading the book of Song of Solomons when you were talking about her neck being a tower. You were thinking about strangling it. What changed? Her nose didn't change. Her ears didn't change. Her neck didn't change. The way you looked at it changed. Folks, the same thing is true about our church. When you think of TBCC, you cannot, and you cannot say, I love this place. What changed? If you are not happy with, fill in the blank, all right? If you're not happy with the music, if you're not happy with the preaching, if you're not happy with the time of the service, if you're not happy with our new foyer, if you are not happy that we don't do things the way that we used to do them, or if you're not happy because we don't do things the way they used to do them at another church that you used to go to, I'm here to tell you, if you will change the way that you look at our church, it will change. If you will change and you will realize that Jesus Christ is a foundation, that is what's important. That we are going after the will of Christ, which is that all should be. If we will make that our unifying call, we will not worry about what kind of instruments we have up here. We will not worry about what kind of music we're singing. We will not worry about when I preach, what I preach, how I preach. We will not worry about what's going to be different when I walk in this Sunday. We will not worry about, well, I used to show up and this was happening and now it doesn't happen anymore. Because I'm telling you that everything that we do at this church is all about Jesus Christ. If we don't make it that, we're wrong. You got a rookie preacher and I don't even pretend to know what I'm doing. But I can tell you this, that God has given me a vision of what Temple Baptist Church and where to take this church. But John Maxwell says this, when a leader goes out, 
And he looks back and nobody's following him. He just went out for a walk. He's not a leader. And let me ask you this. I'm going for a walk. Do I have a group of Christ followers that want to join me in trying to transform the greater Centralia area with the name of Jesus Christ? Or will I look back and I see that I'm out there by myself? Folks, I'm doing this because this is what I've been called to do. And I'm telling you that this is what you have been called to do as the body of Christ. Carrie, if you would. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.